0: welcome in to the podcast it's whitley here i've got zane with me we're going to be recapping week three diving into some players that have popped off and some that have hit rock bottom but zane what do you got going on man
1: not much man it's been a while i've had a busy week i drove up to pittsburgh and my daughter got baptized up there in the church Lots of family there. We, we had a little restaurant we rented out afterwards for a little meet and greet, a little celebration. So it was a pretty good weekend, man. Got back, immediately drove back and drove right to the football field to coach my nephew's little league team um, flag football. So <laughs> I got Heck back yeah. just in time to go to sleep, man, and get ready for work.
0: So you didn't get to watch much of the uh, the NFL action on no, Sunday? Man, I
1: missed the entire 1 o'clock slot, so... Did not get to catch most of it, man, most of the action, so I had to catch up on some replays once I got home.
0: Yeah, I was sitting on my couch after church Sunday and, and watched most of it, but I kind of wish that I hadn't, honestly, just with how my fantasy teams played and how the Cowboys played, so it was a rough week three for me, man. Yeah, man, <laughs>
1: for sure. I, uh, I'm i in the hole big time, so I can barely see the sunlight <clears throat> at this point in time.
0: Yeah. I told you earlier this week, it, it kind of feels like Joaquin Phoenix when he played that Joker role in the movie and there's that <laughs> that scene that everyone knows about like where he's just looking at himself in the mirror and he's got his just atrocious face paint on and he just has to hold his, his cheeks up into a smiling position, you know, just looking at himself <laughs> in the mirror and pretty much how I feel right now as far as fantasy football in general and trying to get Trying to get ready to talk about fantasy football on a podcast when I'm really just dead inside when it comes yeah. to uh, what's transpired in week three for me. So,
1: yeah, man, took one of the chin for sure. And I mean, it's, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I'm. That's the that's the beautiful thing about being in a lot of leagues. I have some fire teams, you know, across the up across the board, and I got some teams that are just popping off right now, destined for greatness. But you always have those teams that just tank, everything goes wrong for, and it just so happens it's in our league, the league that, you know, we mutually care about the most. Um, So, hard times.
0: (laughs) Hard times, man. The year is still young, but we know, like, if you dig a deep enough hole right off the bat, it's so hard to climb back out as far as your fantasy football team's record. So, we'll see. Maybe week four will be a nice bounce back. Yeah,
1: man, I I feel like it's just going to rain outside of my home, um, a little dark cloud over my house every Sunday. <laughs> so, so I'm ready for the sun to come back out, man.
0: Yeah. Well, A-Rob, he actually texted me because he was frustrated after the first few weeks, and he's like, yeah, I'm not even watching football today. And um, his team popped off for like 180-something points. So maybe <laughs> that's maybe that's how you do it, you know?
1: Yeah, maybe that's the key. Maybe that's the key. But yeah, man, the, the fantasy season is going pretty well. You know, we got our Dynasty League too. mentioning A-Rob. He's in there as well. And right now, man, between me, you, and him, I mean, we're all kind of like racing for last place. And <laughs> Willie did me a huge solid of just edging me out by like three points last week. I was in full-blown panic mode. I got, <laughs> I got my yeah. eyes set on, on Marvin Harrison Jr. I kind of drafted. I, I had some questionable draft moments, but I spent a lot of my money on stardom who's really young and it didn't leave much for the bench but it's starting to work <laughs> out I got some some gems down there and if I can just get Marvin Harrison Jr. I had J.K. Dobbins go out with a with a tear my plan after that was just you know hope I don't win any games you can't tank but just pray you don't because my team's just that bad
0: yeah I know what you mean I'm kind of stuck in that purgatory wondering if I should if I should tank or actually try to win games or not so yeah, and there's some there's some high end talent in this upcoming rookie draft, so like you said, Marvin Harrison Jr., he'd be a stud to get. Yeah, and you have one more win than me, which is technically like a half
1: win because we do the median. And you're already like one game out of the playoff spot. <laughs> and I'm in last place, so goodness. So it's still questionable. I wonder that too, but I was like, no, for the betterment of my future team. Yeah. I hope I hope will lose. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. I have, um, you know, I have CJ Stroud on my taxi and Luke Musgraves. I feel pretty good about both those guys on my taxi squad and, um, some, some pretty good running or some good receivers. I have no running backs. That's kind of my, I don't think I could actually go win the league this year. Cause I just don't have the firepower at running backs or quarterback, but you've got, um, yeah. I'm trying to, you've got JJ and Brees Hall as far as those two dudes yeah. gotta be on the top ten, you know, top five list of dynasty players.
1: Yeah, got got him. Um, like you said, Breeze Hall. I feel like I got a pretty good deal with you know Trevor Lawrence in there. Kevin Ridley's not super young, but young. J.K. Dobbins, man, twenty four. I, I, I wish that would have worked out better. Now it's even questionable for next year. But yeah, man, got Palmer and Atwell, Sutton, even Clyde. The the, the trash pickup and Clyde. It was hilarious. I don't know, man. I, I need to, I need a really good rookie draft this year to actually have a shot anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have the first rookie draft because this is the first year I've played real dynasty, so I'm excited. And I'm excited for just season long aspect of Dynasty. You just have to kind of pay attention all the way through and not just, you know, for a few months like in redraft. But um Yeah, man. And opportunity's
1: yeah. always waiting in <laughs> Dynasty.
0: Week, for sure. Week three was Crazy. I mean, I thought weeks one and two were nuts, and then week three, like you had the Dolphins explosion, you had Keenan Allen's, Devontae Adams, the Buffalo Bills defense. Um man, there's just a lot going on in week three. And I, I just have to I'm having to like talk to myself and ask myself the question is are things gonna level out and kind of normalize, or is this gonna be just week in, week out, where fantasy matchups will be determined by a few players that score 40 points or more? Yeah, it's, it's got to level
1: out. It always does, you know. But right now, more than ever, it feels like the first three weeks, it's just been like outlier after outlier after outlier. And like you said, if you just happen to have one of those guys who just exploded for 40 points, you, you won the week. So in this last week... <laughs> I mean, man, you got Mostert on top three overall fantasy players of the year. Well, not top three, but top three at his uh, position. I think mm-hmm. he's like the third running back. And then now you had uh, how he wants us to pronounce it, a uh, who a who, who went crazy for 200 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, it was nuts. And two Miami running backs are in the top three on the weekly leaders overall, including all quarterbacks. And it's because of that 70-point explosion, which I didn't think was possible in the NFL. But apparently it is. So that looked pretty scary. And they did not have Waddle. Uh, The Dolphins, man, the Bills have some competition.
0: Yeah, they really do. That Dolphins-Bills game in week four is going to be nuts. So that's going to be a nice NFL matchup this this Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be setting the tone early, you know, who has the edge in the division, so
0: Yep. Do you want to just roll through maybe some of the the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and just kind of go through who's who's leading as far as fantasy points so far on the year, or um, how do you wanna do this? Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, we can definitely just dive right into right into that.
0: Yeah, um, Herbert is um, leading as far as the quarterback goes with uh, 72 72 points and Cousins right on his heels with 71. Um, Definitely not the top four that we were expecting with Herbert Cousins uh, and Jordan Love leading the charge there. But um, Mahomes is setting at fifth, which we expected him there. But, um, yeah, a lot of – a lot of late round quarterbacks are are doing pretty nice right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, going back to our conversation we had on one of the earlier episodes of our podcast, one of the one of the Virgin Podcasts, uh, we were kind of discussing the quarterback, and me and you were both kind of lobbied in the position of like, yeah, it's better to punt. And what more proof do you need? Uh, Jordan Love Tua, Kirk Cousins, all dirt cheap in the draft. And they're beating out Patrick Mahomes, who somebody in our league spent a first-round pick on. So, you know, if you punt in the quarterback, congratulations, you got one of them. And even if you didn't, if you still picked up Russell Wilson, you know, Jared Goff, got CJ Stroud, even got the Brock oh, yeah. Purdy in there at the tier two, you're you're rolling along just fine. So,
0: yeah, they're right there in that range. I mean. Mahomes has sixty six points scored through three weeks, you know. Lamar Jackson and Hurts have fifty eight apiece. But yeah, Russell Wilson, Jerry Goff are right there with fifty five points. Um, so yeah, there's really no there's no early round quarterback that's paid off thus far through three weeks. Yeah. Surely. And, and then <coughs> man. <laughs> My goodness. Don't
1: even get me started. I I said I think I said most was third. He's actually number one, right? Yep. So, yep. and he's actually number one by a pretty large margin, like 13 points. So, I got some I got some statistics coming up here soon, and we'll kind of go over that a little bit later. But uh, that's huge; those are big numbers so far for Mostert. And then you had his backup Al, score him uh, last week. So that's not going to happen often. 84 is insane through three games. That is not going to continue. Christian McCaffrey's on his heel and heels and getting it done how we expect him to all season long. So you kind of mentioned earlier things leveling out. I'm, i think we're gonna see a lot of that. You know, Kenneth Walker being this the third running back. I don't think we're gonna see him there at the end. Um, then you got guys like right, Mostert and H Hand cannot possibly both remain in in the top six running backs on the year. So there's gonna be some movement there. And then like James Conner, Drum Ford. You see all these random guys up there, and you hope by the time seventeen games is done, uh, that's not going to be what it looks like. <laughs> people who uh, were just streaming running backs who are going to be really happy, and everybody else who spent a high draft pick on these running backs is going to be really sad.
0: Yeah, you have to scroll pretty far down to find Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs, and you know Damian Pierce, Jamar Gibbs um austin eckler's been hurt same with aaron jones but man um and it's already been kind of brutal i mean to the nick chubb owners that have lost chubb and yeah it's 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 a mess man the running back position is a true mess like people spin up on jerome ford and hn a lot of people have spent up on him this week uh people spin up on josh kelly that really hasn't paid out um We have so many backfields that there's just no clarity. Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, no one knows um, as far as the Ravens, as far as any semblance of that backfield, who will take over and who won't. Um, The Chiefs' backfield is still muddy. You have Tyler Algier still taking touches away from Bijan. I mean, we have Zeke who actually cut into some of Stevenson's work this week. Mm -hmm. I mean, even a guy like Tony Pollard who had tons of – opportunities and carries through the first three weeks they came out today and even said like oh we can't we can't work him that hard we're gonna have to back off tony pollard a little bit i mean ken walker has had a lion's share of carries but charbonnet you can kind of see where he's starting to barely creep in and i'd say three or four weeks from now charbonnet might actually have a sizable 35 percent workload or so so it's just a mess, man. I, my head's still kind of spinning from these first three weeks of fantasy, honestly. And I think this is just a good podcast for us to just talk it out, man. Yeah, and for just go sure. Off and script the, and talk it out.
1: And the purpose in the pudding, too. Like when you look at these statistics, and you look at the, the stats on them, you know, like Moser's RB one by a large margin with forty-one attempts, and you got guys like Pollard and Christian McCaffrey with with sixty. And so when you see that, you are like, okay. You know, especially with A-Chan coming on, assuming they're both going to split carries, he only has 19, and he's in the top six. So you'd think that they're probably going to hurt each other, and those are going to level out, and they're going to get back to the passing game and may have some pretty bad weeks. So like those guys I don't believe in. A guy like McCaffrey. McCaffrey's one of two running backs that has over 60 carries, and he's also got 11 receptions. So, mm-hmm. and, and 13 targets and that's how they're going to use him the entire year and he's someone truly to be excited about if you have him you have one of those this lottery tickets and that one's kind of obvious you know it wasn't hard to see that but a lot of these other guys are going to have some bad weeks ahead of them and not you know show the consistency that yeah i think McCaffrey that's a good will. point
0: that's a really good point because like the leaderboard is mostert mccaffrey ken walker tony pollard kyron williams and um if you're a ken walker owner you're you're definitely pleased and um you know Kyron and and mostert we both kind of agree will we'll start to tail off a little bit I mean they they're in offenses that have exceeded expectations and look very efficient but you even saw like week three already the Rams kind of cooled off quite a bit in that game so and Kyron mm-hmm. had you know all of the snaps but it still didn't really do much for him in uh in week three so you can see okay. guys like Bijan and ETN, and um, you know Mixon and Saquon getting healthy, and those guys are going to start creeping back up the leaderboards. would Would be what we all expect. So, but if you have the Mostert, if you have Kyron Williams, the Jerome Fords, um, James Connors, I mean, I think you just have to keep riding the hot hand while you have it. So that's yeah. that's what our listeners really want to know is like we can us and any fantasy analyst can hop on and just say oh yeah these guys are doing really good and these guys are doing really bad it's like okay well what does that do for me as a fantasy manager I mean you can like and people always ask hey I have I have Drake London I have Derek Henry should I panic well and they're all just going to answer and be like yeah you should I mean their offenses aren't doing good so but what is still what does that tell you as a fantasy manager to do do you just you know okay I'm going to panic so what what do I do? Do I drop him? Do I bench him? Do I trade him? And no one really kind of gives you much, much action plan as far as what you do with certain guys on certain teams. And that's kind of been a frustrating part of um, fantasy football podcast, In my opinion is just number one, the analysts don't take ownership when they tell you to draft somebody and it doesn't work out and they flop. And then two, like they just don't really have anything for you to do with these guys that are, are tanking your team so <clears throat> you kind of have to make hard decisions and, and bench somebody maybe sooner than they're telling you like I mean let's take you know Justin Fields and I'm trying not to go too far off on a rabbit trail here but like Justin Fields I mean you're faced with a tough decision like do I just go ahead and stream a quarterback now or do I do I just ride it out one more week and if you do that you know Week after week, and um, say ride it out, and it never gets any better. I mean, you could look up, and you're three weeks in, and, and in a deep hole. So yeah, I mean it's it's hard, and every every fantasy football team is different with with different guys on the bench that you might get sub in. Um, but man, it's it's just a tough thing to navigate, especially when you have somebody that you drafted high, and they're they're not doing good, and guys drafted. Way lower or on the waiver wire, or just popping off and and um and outperforming those guys. So,
1: yeah, I mean the running back landscape is insane right now. You know because of the fact that all these like really lowly drafted guys are exploding about twelve. You know for those teams that that said what we said to do and go receiver heavy, and you know just pick up your running backs later on. I mean they're feasting right now. There's a lot of those teams that are six and zero right now. So. Definitely interesting, and that and then you know that kind of transitions us into the receiver set. Um, there is much more stabilized. Uh, there is not a bunch of random names. In fact, you know if you look at the top five, you got Keenan Allen, number one, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devonte Adams, and Mike Evans. Out of that group, Mike Evans is the only one who didn't go in the first or second round, and so that's much more stabilized. They're doing what you expect. But then, beyond that, you do start to get some random names. You know, Mike Evans. And that was our guy. I remember when the listener question was, who's yeah. our favorite mid-round pick? Boom. Right there, Mike Evans. Whoever listened to us on that, you're welcome. And then you got your boy, <laughs> Pikachu, uh, right Pikachu, behind baby. him. And they're about ahead of Stefan Diggs. So that'll probably normalize out. We saw Pikachu get a way less workload than his God tier um, from the previous two games with cup coming back i do see that being you know threatening his position in the top 12 and then of course adam Thielen. the panthers offense looks terrible i don't expect him to see see him sticking around in the top 12 very long so do you have any uh enemy receivers that kind of pop out to you who you think can stick around or
0: yeah i think i think with puka it's interesting um because he hasn't had a touchdown yet but he's He's still producing at a pretty high rate, especially in PPR with all those catches. But if he does have a couple games where he gets in the end zone, that might keep him propped up there a little bit longer. I mean, when Cup comes back, we all know that it's just going to look different. Um, and Stafford is going to, you know, funnel to Cup, assuming that he's fully healthy and and still separating, getting open like he always has. So. Yeah, Puka, I mean, you kind of feel like you just are on a timer there um, of when when will Cup return and what will that look like. And then Michael Pittman's been a pleasant surprise. He's right there behind Thielen and in front of Rong Olave. Raw looks like he's set for a really good year. So does Olave. Um, I think he's a good second-round receiver that um, really looks like he's making the jump. And then you have guys like Tutu Atwell and Tank Dell. Mike Williams, who sadly is out for the year now, that are, are right behind Olave and Almond Ross St. Brown and right ahead of guys like Devontae Smith and Amari Cooper, CD Lamb. So uh, I think they're pleasant surprises. Tutu, I think, will tail off pretty good. Tank Dell, I mean, he has yeah. that, rookie, that rookie spark with the rookie quarterback connection. So Nico Collins is not too far behind Tank. And um, that – Houston's passing game looks like they're going to keep slinging the rock, So we will see AJ Brown's pretty far down. So is Jamar chase. They've had some really, you know, just off games where the ball just didn't get to them. So I expect both of them to climb the ranks. So yeah, it's just with, with three weeks only of a, of a sample size, you can have one or two big games and it really just pushes you way up the standings or way down the standings based off one good or a bad game. So trying to stay level-headed the tight ends to transition to tight ends man it's just a wasteland uh tj hawkinson's been the one and i'd say sam laporta those two are people are happy if you have those two if you don't have those two you're really just not happy so hunter henry's tight end three evan ingram tight end in four and then kelsey is at five and for what you paid to get kelsey at five that's just not that's not cutting it yet so yeah tight yeah, end but, is a yikes a big yikes
1: yeah we knew it we talked about my idea of even <laughs> letting you put a kicker there instead and that's why I and mean, there's probably a ton of kickers that had have way more points than oh yeah most of these tight ends i mean when you got hunter henry and sam laporta sitting in the top three uh that were both probably waiver wire you know picks uh for it's sure. pretty embarrassing and especially for for darren waller but that kind of transitions us. I know a lot of people are out there who who listen. You know, they want to hear about their teams, about players, and you know the outlook for the rest of the season. The one thing that we decided to do is make a little category just to kind of break this up and analyze the outlook through three games. That's a a pretty fair sample size to get some data on some guys, um, kind of average it together, and then kind of see how it projects. So I was crunching some numbers doing some math. I don't even know if I could tell you the formula to to get there. But basically, we went back to last year and we made some categories here. Top 12, which is the standard. So from last year's top 12, that's the cutoff. All these numbers would have gotten your player at their position into a top 12, which is what you hope for. There's 12 teams. So if one of your positions isn't in a top 12, that means you probably don't have a very good team. <laughs> so, yep. So basically, yeah So for running backs, the standard to sneak into the top twelve and meet the standard is forty points through three weeks. A wide receiver is forty-four. QB is forty-eight and a half, so we'll say forty-nine. And tight end is twenty-five. Um, and then we got another category, which is top four, uh, which is through three weeks. What the top four their positions from last year was averaging. So we're going to kind of go through our league here and kind of analyze the teams because this is basically going to be the players that are rostered. So even though it's our league specific, it pretty much applies to everybody because you're going to be hearing the, kind of the ratings and how this guy is doing. Is he at the standard above or below uh, through three weeks of what you hoped he could be? And hopefully everybody we talked about is on somebody's roster. So...
0: Yeah, I think it's a good exercise just to kind of, like you said, check in three weeks in and, and see where these fantasy players are at. So on the top of the list, Sleeper has your team first. You want to you wanna go with yours first? Yeah, for
1: sure. I'll definitely go ahead and, and break down my team here um, and kind of give you <laughs> the rundown. So my team is not very good. Um, I'm in a huge hole this year. At the beginning – you know, it was ranked the number one team, has not lived up to the hype, and it's sad days in the fan club for your boy. Um, but the top of my list, the best player I have is Amon Rossi. Uh, he currently has 53 points, so the standard for the wide receiver is 44. So He's, you know, well above a, a top 12 finish on pace for that, and uh, last year in the top four, the standard was 57, so... He's not on pace for a top-four finish right now, but he is secured in the top 12. And then is right behind him. He has 47, so just a couple points above that top-12 standard. Uh, but then after that, man, my team gets scary. <laughs> it, it gets scary fast. Uh, Justin Fields only has 40 points through three weeks. Uh, just the standard for top-12 is f- almost 49. He's probably a whole game for him <laughs> behind... <laughs> they didn't finish in the top 12, so there's guys out there who got quarterbacks on their bench that are performing better than, than Fields, which is sad. And then the QB standard is 63 uh, for a top four finish, so 23 points behind that. Terrible outlook. Ramadre, 37 uh, points. He's three points behind the standard for a top 12. Same with Miles Sanders. They're close. You know, three points isn't a huge deal. Uh, I could have both my running backs in the top 12 with a, with a nice week. Um, There, but the quarterback position is looking pretty scarce. And then some some really big disappointments on my team. Kyle Pitts with 19. Uh, The standard is 25, and the top four standard is 34. So he's got no shot right now of pacing to a top Mm -hmm. four finish. He'll finish with half that. Um, And then with D. Higgins, that's another huge disappointment. 33 points. Uh, on the season. The wide receiver standard is 48, so well behind it. And then top four finishes 57, so half that. And the way I got these numbers, by the way, there's three games into 17 games. So that's essentially close to one-sixth of the season left. So if you take these numbers and just multiply them by 5.6, that's what you get on pace for for the season total.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good exercise. And, I mean, going through your guys like St. Brown and Lamb, I mean, those are just lock and load starters every week. There's really no fantasy advice to give there. And, you know, if somebody has those guys, you're glad you do. Um, Justin Fields, like we mentioned, maybe, maybe people look at streaming a quarterback if, if things don't turn around. I mean, I would probably look at streaming a quarterback week four, and he's one of those dudes where – until I see Chicago change, I probably wouldn't trust him, you know? And yeah. then um, Stevenson and Sanders, as, as wild as the running backs have been, I don't think they're, they're not really killing your team. I mean, if you played, if you played against like the week that CMC went off or, you know, Bijan and um, a couple guys have had pretty big weeks or the, the Dolphins running backs, like, you got outperformed at the running back, but other than that, no one's blowing you out of the water because, you know, all the running backs are just kind of stuck in the mud. So I think, you know, your flex of T Higgins and the flex and him having two off games has, has really hurt. And then, like you said, not getting that production out of pits and fields has hurt. So, and if yeah. you have pits, that's that's the thing. And you you already picked up in Joku and gonna probably start messing around with flexing or streaming a tight end. So I think that's you're kind of already on to what you need to be doing. Yeah, and right now my Achilles heel is obviously
1: my flex with D. Higgins, my tight end position with Kyle Pitts, and my quarterback position with Justin Fields, and everybody else on my team, my two running backs and my other two receivers, the, the they're at the standard you know point total i drafted them to be at but they're not exceeding it to the point where they can make up the difference for my uh my lack of points from the other three positions that are are killing me so
0: yep and i mean we'll, we can go into this a little bit deeper too and maybe other episode but when you just don't know that the bears are going to be that bad it's just it's just hard to know to stay away from them, you know. Like there yeah. were questions about them, just like there were questions about a lot of offenses. But no one expected this out of Justin Fields and DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert and and Cole Komet even at that. So it's just hard to predict what what offenses might crater. But right. I mean, moving on, we got Collins' team, and as we mentioned, Herbert's been a pleasant surprise. I mean, he's been the quarter the quarterback to have basically. Um, he didn't have to take him super early, and then Debo Samuel is on track a, of a top four wide receiver number with fifty nine points through three weeks, and fifty seven's kind of that marker. So, and then he also has Michael Pittman, who's at fifty four. So he's a uh, locked in top twelve, you know really close to a top four wide receiver. And that's a guy that he got really late. Um, Somebody that's hurting him is Garrett Wilson, who's who's at 41 points outside of a top 12 when he was drafted, clearly in a top 12 wide receiver. That's just kind of a sad story, man. There's no knock on Garrett Wilson. He's a talented dude. I wish they would just trade for somebody like Andy Dalton that can at least throw the ball out to their weapons. Yeah, but Garrett Wilson just kind of stuck with Zach Wilson at the moment and Colin has Saquon Barkley who has the ankle injury as we all know and Mark Andrews who started the year off hurt as well. So if he gets Saquon healthy and Mark Andrews healthy to go with Michael Pittman and Debo and Herbert, that'll be a pretty nice little squad moving forward. He has Antonio Gibson and. Jamal Williams, Dalvin Cook, Clyde, Justice Hill, Isaiah Pacheco, all those dudes are just kind of guys right now. They're not doing anything necessarily to help out your team. But if he can just ride his, like I said Debo Pittman and um Saquon and Mark Andrews, that might turn out pretty good for Colin.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and Colin is a team with a lot of variety. There's the, the highs and the lows. You know, right now, Justin Herbert was 72 points. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the standard for a top 12 is 48. He's crushing that. The standard for a top four is 63. So he's well above the the tier there. I mean, Herbert's on pace for a top finish, and that's, that's carrying him. That's a lot of points per week as a tribute to the team. Um, Saquon Barkley, I mean, 37. He has as many points as both my running backs, and he's missed a game. So while he was in, that helped him. This is where, and also his receivers, you know Debo and Pittman both being above that standard in a seating is helping him out. But like you said, Garrett Wilson, forty-one, well below the standard for a top twelve. Then he has Mark Andrews, which is below below a top twelve, and you drafted him to be a top three, a running back. So that that stings. Isaiah Pacheco is behind it. So now that Saquon's out, you know all his running backs: Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson. Uh, Justice Hill, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're all well, well below the standard of being a top 12 guy. Um, So that's kind of his Achilles heel right now. And especially with Garrett Wilson losing Rodgers, you know, that takes away some of the oom from the receiving core. Right now, I mean, he's leaning heavily on Debo, Pittman, and Herbert to get him through, pass him through until Saquon comes back and then hopefully one of these other running backs, you know, his later in the season.
0: Yeah, those... Backfields, I mean, a lot can change really fast, especially with like Pacheco on the Chiefs' backfield and Justice Hill on the Ravens' backfield. No one knows who's going to be leading and carries week to week. So it could be one injury away from, from somebody really seizing a big opportunity. So, And Poston's team, he has Kirk O'Chain's, Kirk Cousins with um, 71 points. And I mean he made the bold move and dropped Anthony Richardson for Kirk Cousins, which yeah, we talked a little wild. bit about. Yeah. And he picked up Tank Dell, which was heads up. He has T J Hawkinson, as we all know, is leading the tight end position. Zay Flowers is his um fourth point scorer, the rookie receiver. And Brandon Ayuk, he had him for his week one explosion and then has been has been banged up. So um he has DJ Moore, Josh Jacobs, Jamar Gibbs, Austin Eckler, Jerry Judy. I mean, those are guys with talent, but Jacobs and Gibbs are just off to a very slow start. Same with DJ Moore. Eckler's been hurt. Judy's been hurt. So maybe Eckler and Judy can get healthy and maybe Jacobs, Gibbs, or DJ Moore can bust out of their slumps. That's what that's what he really needs.
1: Yeah, for sure. I and mean, when I look at Postman's team, you know, Postman's been talking a lot of smack and I, I think he thinks his team is good. Uh, but when I look at it, I mean, man, it, it looks like a scary, a scary zone to me because Kirk Cousins has exploded and gotten 71 in Hawkinson. I mean, 51, a top four finish for, for tight end last year. was The standard was 34. He's crushing that. And then he's got an unexpected surprise from Tank Dell. Tank Dell is his second highest scoring player on his roster. Uh, but then you look past that, and it gets scary. You know, Zay Flowers, running right IU, I know he was hurt and had that that big game, but he did have an eight-point game, got hurt, has been out. I'll give him a pass, but like Zay Flowers, DJ Moore, Josh Jacobs, Jameer Gibbs, Jerry Judy, all well below the standard, and Eckler's been hurt, so I'll give him a pass too. But he needs Eckler to come back and, and help out here because once his Kirk Cousins and Hawkinson – you know, fall off. He's not going to have any firepower left to carry this team. And so far, Hunter Henry is his sixth best player. So behind the statistics here, by the point totals, he's a team that will be benefiting from putting a tight end in his flex right now. And that scares me moving forward. You know, how long can this team stay patched together without Eckler? And yeah. will he be enough to make a, a, a big difference if these receivers don't step up? And these running backs that he drafted super high. Josh Jacobs and Jameer Gibbs at 30 points. Well, well below the standard. That's literally 23 points below a top four finish. So he needs those guys to pick it up.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's at three and three, same as Collins. So they've got a little bit of time and a little bit of leeway for things to play out being at three and three. But we will see how it goes. And then K man speaking of drafting running backs early. This man did it and scooped up Tony Pollard and Bijan, and then followed that up with Aaron Jones, who is hurt, as we know. But um, K. Wood has Lamar Jackson with 58 points, so he's definitely you know on pace for top 12, crowding top four as far as quarterback position. We saw him run a lot in week three, which was encouraging. And he has Tony Pollard, who's been a solid running back, Dallas Cowboys defense is tied with Tony Pollard with 57 points. So that has helped Kaywood out tremendously. Then Adam Thielen, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, has exceeded expectations. Bijan with 52 points. So he's got several guys, Lamar, Pollard, Dallas Cowboys defense, Thielen, Bijan, all with 50-plus points. Uh, the rookie surprise, Jordan Addison, or I say surprise, we, we kind of predicted he would be a nice rookie receiver. And then he has a lot of contributors like Marquise Brown, who people question with the Cardinals offense has been pretty solid. Sam Laporta is a rookie tight end. In um, as I mentioned, he has Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, two Packers players that are bad hamstrings, but should be playing tomorrow night. So if he get Aaron, Aaron Jones and um, Christian Watson back to go with, bijon and pollard and some of his other pieces k might just keep on rolling
1: yeah man uh, in terms of k with team you know on paper you're like man look at all these bums uh, that he has in his lineup and then you look at the stats and this man is cruising along i mean lamar jackson 58 points that's 10 points above the standard for top 12 just a few below uh, a top four finish uh, there Tony pollard crushing it. He's above a top-four finish for running back. The Cowboys are number one defense, his third-highest score, Huge boost. If you get your freaking defense contributing in your top three players, congratulations. And then he has Adam Thielen crushing it, one point behind the pace for a top-four finish, well above uh, B. John Robinson, well above, Jordan Addison, Marquise Brown, Sam Laporta. All these guys are above the standard for a top-12 finish, and even Kendrick Bourne, his worst receiver on his bench, is at the standard, exactly at it, 40 points per game um, for that. So then he has Aaron Jones and Christian Watson that are just hurt. So, so far, he, he doesn't have any flops. Every single one of his players that has been able to play is at the standard, and his two guys who were hurt when they did play were well above the standard. We don't know if we're about Christian Watson yet, but Aaron Jones definitely would uh, was, so... Yeah, yeah, man, his team looks pretty scary
0: right now, man. Yeah, it really does. Like you said, he hasn't really drafted any flops that we've seen. Like, the guys that aren't producing are, are hurt and have good reason not to. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm high on Christian Watson, and I, I hope he comes back and is a big piece of that Green Bay offense. I'm a little nervous about his hamstring and if he's going to be on a pitch count Thursday night, but – I'm I'm excited to see how that goes. If he has Christian Watson, who emerges as a nice receiver, to go with those three running backs, who will be pretty hard to guard. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, next, we
1: got your team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay the honors, to you of of, of call sure. Call for, I'll for give an
0: honest, unbiased assessment here. <laughs> Um yep. yeah, when your leading score is an as a rookie wide receiver that you picked up off waivers, you're probably not in the best spot. And that's what it looks like here with Puka with sixty-four points. So under him, Jalen Hurts, same same points as Lamar. He's been been pretty good. I drafted him high, so he needs mm-hmm. to do that or better. And little nervous about just most of his production coming with those little punch in touchdowns. Hasn't looked that good as far as his arm and accuracy this year and Eagles offense just isn't, isn't hitting on all cylinders yet, but that's to be seen. But um, Nico Collins is my third highest receiver uh, who's been mostly on my bench and Jerome Ford, my fourth highest, who's been on my bench as well. So, uh, James Cook and Jamar Chase both have fifty, or I'm sorry, forty three points, which has them. James Cook is a top twelve running back, but um, Jamar Chase not even in the top twelve receivers. He's only had one good week, which is week three. And Calvin Ridley has really, really struggled the past two weeks, and he has only thirty six points, matching Alexander Madison, who's been kind of been the flip of week one and two were horrible, and week three was good. So. Can't get any consistency. Um Elijah Moore, Darren Waller, Jahan Dotson. Jahan is basically droppable at this point. He was a he was a flag plant of mine that looks like a, a flop for sure. And Darren Waller, not much to say there. The Giants look horrible. If they don't turn it around, he's pretty much worthless. So yeah, I got I've got a lot of um a lot of things that need to play out in my favor. And I would say for my team to be successful, I just need Jamar Chase and Calvin Ridley to live up to their draft cost and then just patch it together with my running backs and hopefully get some production out of Darren Waller above like the normal just tight end wasteland.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was a pretty honest review and I couldn't agree more, you know, as you kind of pointed out. I'll give you credit. You you picked up Pikachu and threw him into your starting lineup. So while you didn't benefit from Game One, um, you definitely reap the benefits of of Game Two. And you know he didn't have a, a terrible game in Game mm-hmm. Three either. Um, but past that, you have Jalen Hurts, who you know 58 is great, but the top four standard is 63, and he's five points behind that. And that's what you drafted him to be. Even though he's definitely keeping you in it, it he's not exceeding the expectations. He's you know great though as far as the quarterback standard goes for just top 12 he's crushing that but you're getting what you need out of him and he's within striking distance if he has a big finish but then you know nico collins and drone Ford, your third and fourth highest quarter those are guys who have been on the bench you know for three weeks and it's because you're not going to be a madman and put those guys in over jamar chase and calvin ridley and so when you look at your starters you know nobody's killing you but nobody's helping you jalen Mm -hmm. Hurts is not not killing you uh, Pikachu is a, a winning uh, for you, but besides that, you know James Cook, forty-three, the the standards forty, so he's right at that top twelve, so not killing you, but not winning you games. Same thing with Jamar Chase, right at that top twelve fringe, so helping you but not winning you games. Calvin really is below it. We drafted him to be really high. Madison's below it. He's a, he's doing what he about was drafted to do. So once again, nobody's killing you. Even Darren Waller is on pace to be the twelfth tight end. So you got a bunch of fringe top twelve players. So your team can go one of two directions. You're right there. Something's got to change. It will. Will your starters ascend and burst you into that top six, or will it just be inconsistency, week in and week out, and just be a frustrating year? I think, I think you're so. gonna. I think the fact that things have went as poorly as they have for all your players, and they're all still fringe twelves think you're in a pretty good spot
0: yeah I could see some of them rebounding I mean one thing when I look across there is I don't have really any touchdowns on the year I mean Jalen Hurts had the three rushing touchdowns and um, Nico Collins scored a touchdown Jerome Ford had two but neither one of those were in my starting lineup so the only touchdowns I've had out of the running back tight end and wide receiver position on the year is Alexander Madison with one touchdown in week three and Calvin Ridley with one touchdown in week one. So yeah. <laughs> if my guys can score some touchdowns, that would Boom. greatly help help out. Um yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, no one's killed me, but you can't really just kind of average about a hundred, hundred ten points and and win in fantasy football. You gotta have somebody who has a multi touchdown game and scores you thirty points and really just kind of levels up your your week so maybe some of those breakouts will come
1: yeah absolutely and then uh next we have blake bro the team of the century so we've we talked a lot about this you know we said that blake's team by the experts was really last uh, i didn't think his team was that good uh, i had a lot of bust on it and it's yet to be seen it's a long season but my, my man is six and oh and to find all logic um, there, and a big part of that is because he has Keenan Allen and Christian McCaffrey. Keenan Allen, number one on the year, Christian McCaffrey up there, you know, pacing. He's number two, probably going to be number one here pretty shortly. Uh, Jordan Love, who's way above the standard on pace right now to be a top four quarterback. Mm-hmm. hit him off, off the waiver wire. He snagged our Mike Evans mid-round pick, who has 65, who's crushing it. Way above the standard for a top four um, already. And then DeAndre Swift, a deceiving forty-three, because he pretty much didn't play game one, but Blake did start him, so it does it does count. So while Swift has a, a great outlook, he hasn't been a player that's necessarily, you know, carried you to wins. Probably cost you a, a win in week one, but Blake did get away with that one. So you know, then from there, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I kind of knew he wasn't going to be that good. Twenty-nine points, not impressive. Way below the standard for top twelve. Way, way, way below the standard for top four. Um, and then Gus Edwards, they just won't give him the ball, man. They have even brought Melvin Gordon back <laughs> and fed him. So I think you know, he was hoping that would be a handcuff to Dobbins, and it's really not looking that way. Zach Ertz, Kadarius Tony, Cam Akers, Cream Hunt, just a lot of garbage on the bench. Uh, Tony is droppable, Cam Akers, nine points through three games. The man's averaging three points a game. I know he didn't play last week, but still, I mean, he's got like 25 carries, which is the, the same as some guys who – have like fifty, sixty points on the season right now. Uh the Devin Han being yeah. one of them. So sure. yeah, so not impressed there. Um so yeah man, I don't know. I mean I'm still I'm just gonna keep waiting all season for this team to fall off. <laughs>
0: I'm yeah. Gonna, I mean I'm gonna I do take it. my hats off to because, like <clears throat> he has Keenan Allen and Christian McCaffrey and Mike Evans and Swift and maybe he rides those those four guys, you know. I mean, yeah. when Keenan Allen has 91 fantasy points, so that right there yeah. is enough to to win you win you weeks. And then between him and McCaffrey with 71 points, I mean, that that will do it right there. So Mike Evans playing as a top 12 guy and Swift playing as a top 12 guy. If if those things continue, then Blake will continue to be a force. And he's he's six and zero so far. So so hats off to him, man. Yeah, man, got to give him respect
1: at this point, man. I'm, I will be waiting all season for it to fall apart. It may never, never happen. He might three-peat on me and then just force me into retirement.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he might bury us if he three-peats us. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, let's see. We got next, we got Redbeard. Little Cousin Adam. <clears throat> Adam's, Adam's team looks pretty nice, man. I'm not going to lie. He's riding the Tua train. At quarterback, his leading scorer was 68 points, and we have all know about the Dolphins' offense. Um, Ken Walker is a top three running back on the year. Stephon Diggs, as we mentioned, is right there knocking on the door of – actually is – yeah, he's, he's right there as far as top, top wide receiver. And then he has Kyron Williams, who he picked up. Um, A.J. Brown, he's off to a slow start, but we saw him start to get going week three. Joe Mixon also off to a slow start. Um, Godwin, a slow start as well. But then he has Stash Kamara, who he can unleash this week. So, man, <clears throat> he can throw out a lineup of you know Ken Walker, Joe Mixon, Kamara, sprinkling some Kyron Williams, and then receiver-wise can start Diggs and A.J. Brown to go with Tua at quarterback. That's pretty yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, this team's looking scary. It's one one of the this is the second nomination for scary teams, dude, along with K Wood. Um, Tua sixty-eight crushing the standard for top four. Um Ken Walker crushing the standard for top four. Stefan Diggs above the standard for top four. So he just has multiple top four players at each position: quarterback, running back, receiver. And then he's got Kyron Williams, who is literally at a top four standard as well. So I don't know if that'll continue. But, I mean, man, you're just coming in strong, strong core. And then his support cast is A.J. Brown, who is fringe top 12 right now. Joe Mason's fringe top 12. So his team's so strong up top. And then he has those players who aren't killing you, who, mm-hmm. who are not costing you weeks in the middle. And Godwin is a flop. For sure. But then, like you said, he's got Kamara coming back to sprinkle in. And then he's holding on to Quentin uh, Quentin Johnston and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And who knows, by week eight, if those guys pan out and earn their targets and Kamara comes back, his team could pretty much have no weaknesses whatsoever and be that team to kind of beat throughout the year. Um, So his team's looking scary.
0: Yeah, it's it's shaping up to be that team. Like when you look at that team, you're like, man, if I own that team, I would have no stress right now because you just know who to start. Like there's no questions, like, okay, I'm just gonna roll with these guys. Like, I'm gonna roll out Ken Walker, Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, Joe Mixon, Kamara when he gets back. And then if I want to, you know, I can sprinkle in Kyron, like I said, and then wait on these rookies to see if they if they bust out or not. So Godwin as well on the in the bench and so man it would just be a like I said a very stressless season so thus far because he's got some guys that have had slow starts but others that have been picking up the slack so you're not panicking so if if AJ Brown was you know basically carrying his team and him needing him to do that and he had other guys who were off to slow start it'd be a whole different story but he's had like Ken Walker Tua, and Diggs who have really Carried him through, you know, mixing an A.J. Brown, slow start. Yeah, So for no sure. reason
1: to panic. Yeah, for sure. And then that takes us right into, so we just discussed my little cousin, Adam. Uh, now it's time to discuss my big cousin, Zan. Um, so his team is, honestly, when I look at it, pretty dang good. I mean, he's got the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers defense with 46. That's a huge number for a defense. Uh, he's got Brian Robinson with 50 uh, right there, so... Middle tier, you know, in the top mm-hmm. twelve securely. Um, Tutu Atwell on the bench, who we think is going to fall off, but as of right now, he's a top twelve receiver. You know, on pace for that. Then he has Olave and Justin Jefferson. So we you, we look at his team and his top scores. I mean, he's got four players above fifty points on the year, uh, which is great to have. Justin Jefferson doing his thing with seventy seven. And then Alave, you know, looking pretty good. If they can get their offense rolling, he can score a lot more points. And then, of course, he's got George Pickens, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence actually only has one more point than Justin Fields. That's something that I don't think we're, enough people are talking about. Like, Justin mm-hmm. Fields feels like a grenade, but nobody's really talking about how Trevor Lawrence has been one oh, as well. It's so bad. Yeah, and then, you know, George Pickens definitely coming on strong. He's fringe top 12. Travis Etienne, top twelve. So he's got a whole, pretty much starting lineup of guys who are top twelve, with a couple splash players so far. So you think he his team would be doing pretty good for Zan? I think it's just a struggle of who to start. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting the getting the right starters in, uh, in there. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has been killing them, and then it's a cycle of okay, Brian Robinson, George Pickens, Terry McLaurin, who's going to have the big week um, and. They're very inconsistent players, so while the point totals look nice, if if they all kind of fizzle out in the same week, which is kind of in the case, it can be feast or famine.
0: Yeah, I mean ETN, man, I love ETN, and Ken Walker and ETN have the exact same production with about right at 200 rushing yards on the season and about 10 catches for 70 receiving yards, but the difference is Ken Walker has four touchdowns and ETN has one, so it, I mean, ETN is going to have a great year, and I think the touchdowns will come for that guy. So I would just stay steady on ETN, and then he had Brian Robinson, who has busted out and become a, a nice RB two. I mean, he's he's buried Antonio Gibson, so he has a Lave as well to go with Justin Jefferson. So that's four pretty good guys you can count on, and then he can play his flex position, and I think he has several options. I mean, two two. Will be viable until Cup comes back for sure. Pickens is definitely viable until Deontay Johnson's back, and maybe even further. And then he has guys like Terry McLaurin and Javante Williams who who could who could bust out this year. So they're off to slow starts, but just set them on your bench and see what happens. So Zan has some depth and some some interesting pieces. So I like I like his team. Yeah, for sure. And that slides us
1: into. Brett Urge. Good old Moose. So Moose. So Brett's team. So me and him are competing for the worst team in the league. All right. But in my defense, my team has good players that are underperforming. Brett's team is just is just plain bad. And for his team, Patrick Mahomes is QB five and he was drafted to be QB one. And that's his only shining light. His next highest score, score is Tyler Lockett uh, with 37 points, which is not even top 12. He doesn't have a single top 12 player on his team right now. Even George Kittle is fringe um, right there. And then his defense is his third highest score. And then Jarrett McKinnon, who I traded him for the Zeke insurance policy, since I have Stevenson, is in his top five scores. So, you know, it's pretty dark times when Jerry McKinnon is, is a top-five scorer on your team right now. And then just a lot of unfortunate scenarios. Breeze Hall, only 20 points in the year. Drake London, only 24. Najee Harris, 17. Darnell Mooney, 15. And then Cup on the IR. So unfortunately, Brett walked through a, a landmine. It's a whole minefield. And he stepped on just about every landmine you can step on.
0: Yeah, I mean, starting the draft with... Patrick Mahomes and then Cooper Cup on that turn was was just rough. I mean, especially with with Cup going to IR. I, I don't remember if we had that information or not when he drafted him. We did. Yeah, so that was just a tough way to start, especially like if the rest of your team's gonna get off slow out of the gates and you're yeah you got and your best player in, on IR to start. So not to mention Brees Hall, we knew it was gonna have
1: a low workload, so you were kinda coming out the gates. No one is going to be a slow start, which means that to do that, you probably won't have a lot of firepower elsewhere.
0: Yep. And so, Brett, I mean, he's just got to start his start his guys off matchups. I mean, I would I'd plug lock it in this week. Uh, who's he got? Kittle over Higby for sure. You might have to just roll with um, either one of Brees Hall or Drake London and just hope that. You know the Jets or the Falcons actually get it going a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, bro, um, Brett starting lineup right now is literally Breeze Hall and Najee Harris, who, if you combine their points together, you would have Miles Sanders' points. Yeah. Um and and then you have Drake London and Heather Lockett as your wide receiver one and two, and Drake London has twenty four points and like five targets. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he needs Cooper Cup to come back in a big way and all these other guys to step it up. Brees Hall to come alive and start getting the bulk. Uh, Najee Harris, you know, bouncing back somehow. Great London to start just getting a lot of passes done to him. He needs a lot of game scripts to go differently for him to bounce back. And he's in the 0-6 hole, so it's going to be a, a pretty slim odds journey.
0: Definitely, and that brings us to Nick's team, who I just played, and he – Boat raced me for 170 points, so thank you for that, <laughs> Nick. I uh, appreciate it. I mean, he, he kind of, like, took any um any hope just straight out of it, basically out of the gates. Like, I watched Tyreek Kill on, like, the third play of the game, scampering into the end zone. I'm like, this is going to be a long day. And then the Bills defense dismantled the Jets and Devontae Adams. So, yeah, he had Tyreek Kill, Devontae Adams, and Bills defense. So. He had a great week three. He's had a good start to the season. Um, other than that, he's got Deshaun Watson, who got it going in week three. James Conner has been a pleasant, pleasant surprise at the running back position. He picked up Anthony Richardson. Uh, he has DK Metcalf in his flex. Michael Thomas, Damian Pierce, Josh Kelly. So, A.J. Dillon. Um, Kelly and Dillon, you know, haven't, haven't really done much at all, but... Pierce hasn't either, um, but you know they're they're good pieces just to have and see what happens. Set them on the bench and and see, but he might as well just ride the hot hand of Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, James Conner, and DK Metcalf.
1: Yeah, I mean he built his team around receivers, and boy did it pay off. So Tyreek yeah. Hill and Devontae Adams, the standard for the wide receiver for a top four is fifty-seven points. Tyreek has 90, Devontae Adams has 75. So them averaged together, they are approximately on average about 30 points together over the standard for a top four finish.
0: Or you could say it like this, like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams with their 165 points is equivalent of having three top four wide receivers. Yes, exactly. In in two wide receiver slots. Right, So that equates to fantasy
1: success. Yeah, so Knicks. Just of that alone, I and mean, he's coming in with a sucker punch, and you gotta have a lot of pieces to withstand that blow. And then, oh by the way, let's follow it up with James Conner overproducing and having forty-eight points in the year, uh, which is, you know, not far behind a top-four finish, securely in a top twelve. Uh, and then, Jacoby Myers, Metcalf, top twelve receivers to go along with his double stack up there. And then mm-hmm. he just picked up Anthony Richardson off the waiver wire, who on pace for the minutes he played to literally be QB one. Uh, and Michael Thomas even fringing right there around a top 12. Uh, obviously he's got a lot of disappointments. Damian Pierce, AJ Dillon, Josh Kelly is going to be useless here soon. Cause he has, he can't produce as the guy. And then he won't be the guy to have the actual guy uh, back. <laughs> so it's, it's slim Pickens at the bottom of the lineup. But from what we already said of the production he's getting at the top, it does not matter.
0: Yep, does not matter. And uh, like you said, hats off. I mean, you got Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. You just got to ride it.
1: Yeah, bro. And the fact he has the support around that too. Me, you know, another third nomination for the team to beat.
0: Yep. Yep. And then we have Mike Spire's team. So his his top score is Mostert, the must start Mostert, and Josh Allen in second with 54 points and he has the other dolphins backfield mate the a-chain and after that it thins out a little bit i mean he has Romeo Dobbs with 42 points Christian Kirk with 39 Gabe Davis 37 Derek Henry who's been all slow out of the gates with 34 he he drafted Nick Chubb second overall and unfortunately lost him to injury he has Deontay Johnson on IR so, he's uh, he's got the Miami backfield for sure, and Josh Allen going. What do you think as far as uh, Mike's team? Yeah, man, i,
1: I hard-pressed to see this one go the distance. So, when two of your top three scorers are both Miami running backs, um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And especially the fact that if you look at the top four scores on his team – it's a and Brock Purdy, and I'm pretty sure he just added those guys to his roster this week. So two week three waiver wire pickups are in his top four of scores, and then you have Romeo Dobbs, Fringe, wide receiver 12 right now, Christian Kirk not there, Gabriel Davis, not there, Derrick Henley, way below the standard, Robert Woods, Dallas Goddard, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, all below the standard. So he he's in a position right now where his team's best bet is to start two, I mean running backs, and your waiver wire quarterback. And besides those guys you just picked up, there's no top twelve players. So um, he's managed to get some wins so far. So congratulations to him. He just had it all put together at the right time. But over the course of you know the next fourteen weeks or the next eleven weeks, the playoffs, I don't know the team can hold.
0: Yep, and that uh, that brings us to JV's team. It won't let me uh, scroll down and select his team to see how his players are ranked according to points, but pulling up his roster, I mean, he has right off the top Joe Burrow, who's who's been slow out the gates. He, he backed him up with Matt Stafford. And um, running back-wise, he went basically zero RB and has Rashad White and Zach Moss. Zach Moss has been a pleasant surprise. If Jonathan Taylor ends up never suiting up for the Colts or gets traded, he could have season long, pretty high upside. And then uh, Jalen Warren on the bench, as far as a running back, who who looks good when he gets the ball. And David Montgomery, who has a pretty secure workload when he gets back healthy with the Lions. And um, he has Jalen Waddle, who, um, you know, barely got to play with the oblique and concussion and, Amari Cooper has been a super pleasant surprise. I'd say the same with Devontae Smith. And even though he was quiet week three and then Travis Kelsey with the knee hyperextension week one and been off to a slow start, but he can have a pretty nice salty team when everybody gets going. Like I don't think any of us doubt that Burrow will get, will get the Cincinnati offense revved up when his calf is fully ready to go. If he has no setbacks and then, you know, Devonta Smith, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddle will be a nice receiver trio to go with Travis Kelsey, who could give him that tight end firepower. So, what do you think about Beezer's team? Yeah, man, it's the team I'm on the fence about for sure because Zach Moss
1: is about to lose a lot of his value. You know, that's your number four score when JT comes back. Um, you know, David Montgomery, we don't know what his season long outlook is going to be with the injury and with. You know, Gibbs expended more workload. Is Jalen Warren ever gonna take take that next step and you know beat out Najee? But there's potential there too because Montgomery looked good when he was in. He might come mm-hmm. back and be the same guy. Uh, Waddle is hurt. We know how good of a player he is, and Joe Burrow could bounce back. But as of right now, I mean twenty seven points from Joe Burrow, that is abysmal. Uh, the standard is 48, so he's got like half of the points he needs to even break into the top 12. That's been, you know, killing him. Uh, the Waddle injury, Travis Kelsey was hurt the first game. He's been really good since. And then, you know, a lot of guys who are popping off, like, you know, Matthew Stafford, Corlin Sutton, that's his third highest scorer, uh, R- Rashid R- R- Shahid, <laughs> yeah. uh, Rash- Rashad White. Uh, those guys are all way below the standard. And some of the guys that have been scoring points are more than likely were on the bench uh, some weeks. And his top player is 48. So the top player on his team is you know just barely, barely in the top 12 fringe. So is this another? It's the same story for Beezer every year. You know, statistically his team's not any better than mine, but the man just goes out there and finds ways to to get wins. Um, and he. Even almost patched, he almost put it together this week and he missed the median uh, by two points. So I mean, he's out there just scrapping for wins with a pretty mediocre squad that has potential.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have to give him a shout out. He definitely squeezes the most he can out of it. For and, sure. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, our standings in the TCFC league, I mean, they're, it's a um, pretty close group. I mean, we have some six and O teams and some. Some zero six teams, but it's pretty early in the in the season, so <clears throat> we're all just trying to see how it will shake out. The, the, we have two six and zero teams in um, Blake and Kaywood. We have three, four, and two teams with Nick Redbeard and Mike, and then Colin and Post Center three and three. Myself, JB, and Zan are two and four, and then you and you and Brett are zero six. So six teams make the playoffs, so, I mean, even you at 0-6, I mean, you're you're only three games out of the playoffs, and if we're three weeks in and have 13 weeks left of median wins, that's 26 games to make it three games, so plenty of time to see what might happen.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. It's a long season, bro. All you need is a run, baby.
0: Yep, you just need a run, and I'd say – I like that we just went player by player through our TCFC league. And if you're listening and not in that league, hopefully you just kind of heard your players brought up on other people's teams and kind of know how your guys are doing a little progress report week three. And um, in, in our suspended league, you actually like to highlight on this podcast as well. I mean, I have to just single out Jay Arnold and his team. Uh, we've, we've referenced it a little bit. I was telling you this on the phone and you were like, How in the world did y'all let that happen? So we had an auction draft, but this man is rolling into week four with Jalen Hurts, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Kyle Pitts, Nico Collins, Mike Evans, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Devon A. Chain, and Tyler Lockett with with Jonathan Taylor sitting on the IR. so. I don't know how nine of us allowed that to happen, but um, Jay is going to put his hands on us this year, and everyone else is literally playing for second place. And yeah, I know it's only week, the end of week three, but I can go ahead and confidently say that. So, yeah, hats off to Jay Arnold.
1: So he is not going to put his hands on you because he doesn't have to. He's (laughs) he just put on the Thanos glove with all five Infinity Stones in it. And he's about to snap his fingers, dude, and make half the league disappear from the playoffs. And then he's going to take it a step further than Thanos, and he's going to slowly massacre everybody one by one.
0: Yeah. On his his way
1: to the championship. That is a terror squad. He has
0: 458 points scored. JB has the second most points scored. Um, He's riding Mahomes, Jefferson, Hawkinson, Diggs. Some other nice pieces. Um A Rob is third in points scored. And man, he's he's had some brutal injuries. He just lost uh Mike Williams and the week before that he, he lost Nick Chubb. Oh. But but he's been riding must start um, Payne, who's, who's done really well for him. And uh and Devontae Adams. So Payne A Rob. Yeah, poor it. I mean, A Rob's had devastating injuries already, but He's, he's been figuring out a way to get those, get the points and he's, he's third in the standings. And then yeah. another team, um, worth, worth mentioning in fourth in the standings is Josh Reeves' team. He's set up a lot like K. Wood to where he went running back pretty heavy and he has Christian McCaffrey and Bijan. He also has Justin Herbert, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Sam Laporta, Tank Dell. So, He's made some heads up waiver moves, adding Tank Dell and Laporta to his um, CMC Bijan stack. So, Dang. but yeah, I'd say those are the four teams in the in the playoff hunt as of now, and got to give them a shout out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then you know, the last thing I want to say too um, before we end the podcast, I, I didn't bring up this player when I was going over your team because uh, I wanted to give him his own little special moment. Uh, this is a player <laughs> that me and you. Kind Of heavily debated, uh, but Jahan Dotson. Um yeah, you know, I, I, I just this is my uh, I I've waited till now to pull out my I told you so moment. Yeah, there was a point where I I looked directly in his eyes from a thousand miles away, and I was like, Bro, just look at yourself in the mirror and, and say it out loud. Dan Howell is going to turn the wide receiver two on the Washington Commanders into a league winning running wide receiver. <laughs> And just see how silly you feel seeing yourself say that. And um, yeah, eighteen points through three weeks, man. Um, tragedy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had to look myself in the mirror and do some soul searching lately, <laughs> and just kind of. Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot happening. Yeah, we've made some good calls, but yeah, that was a a stain a stain on my record for sure. <laughs> and uh, I think you were right with that logic of somehow not not supporting. Not even maybe one receiver, but definitely not two receivers in that Washington Manders offense. So taking the fat yeah. L on that one just like I took the fat L in uh, week three in general. So lost all my fantasy matchups. Cowboys lost, the Hogs lost. So I appreciate you kicking me while I'm down. But uh maybe <laughs> maybe week four there will be a little bit of a turnaround.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, in classic fashion here, you know what I had to follow up with after I kick you while you're down is to go ahead and boost myself up. Um so e- <laughs> even though I've been harping all, <laughs> all episode <laughs> so even though I've been harping on all, all episode on how terrible my team is in, in our league, um our boy our boy Nick in the league, he's got a, a home league from Columbia that I'm in. I just gotta reach out this team. It's it's, it's scary. It's a double flex. I got Justin Herbert who is hopping off I got James Cook and Joe Mixon who are holding the line at, at running back. But then my four starting receivers are Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and I got Cooper Cup on the IR waiting to come in, and I got Mostert to hold his spot for now. Goodness! And then on the on the bench, I got Madison, Jerry Judy, Adam Thielen, Kenneth Gainwell, Cam Akers. I got mm. so at least at least I have a team to hold on to this year. Yeah, keep my, I love it, keep man. My,
0: keep my morale high. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll ever have a productive team this year, um, but it's still fun to play, and I still like fantasy football, even even in the low moments. Um, it like being a competitor; just kind of makes you want to come back for more. Even it makes the hunger even even stronger when
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you have a couple down weeks. So I kind of yeah. I'm addicted to the pain and the joy of fantasy <laughs> football. <laughs> Thanks. I can tell you, I'm I'm starting Christian Watson Thursday night. It'll probably be on a pitch count, but you know I'm I'm ready to feel the pain, so I'm gonna <laughs> roll him out there and see how it goes. <laughs> Maybe get one of those Thursday night holes to where you know Friday and Saturday you're like, oh my gosh, I only scored seven points, and now I'm already <laughs> projected to lose by twenty five, and Sunday yeah. is, is not even here yet.
1: Yeah, bro, just get cooked right from the
0: start. Uh, yeah, but no, I. I appreciate it to anyone who's listening to these and if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast, I mean, just subscribe to the deal. That way you get the notification when we post an episode up there and give us like a little five-star rating or one star, if we deserve it, whatever we deserve, but might as well just throw us a ranking on there, follow the show and um, appreciate it to everyone who's listening. This is kind of a long episode and we just went straight off the cuff i mean we had no notes no no plan we just basically just hit record and just what came out came out so it was a little bit of a different episode but we're just going to try a bunch of new stuff throughout the season and we want everyone's feedback so keep sending us questions and feedback and ideas for different segments and we appreciate everybody's support yes sir yep all right you got anything else before we sign off here nope
1: that's all for me for tonight i think we've taken up enough of their time
0: there we go man yeah if you've listened <laughs> to this hour and 15 minute podcast hats off to you
1: yeah if you're still here kudos
0: <laughs> yeah all right man i'll see you later zane and we are signing off
1: all right yeah